This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors in the financial industry. Outer Blue by Amundi. Welcome to Blue Research. Knowledge sharing on financial research. Today's podcast explores the somewhat complex topic of the energy transition in Asia. Asia's fast-growing populations require a delicate balance between economic development, climate ambitions, and energy security. Home to more than half of the world's population, the region is also responsible for over half of global carbon emissions. But the magnitude of the energy transformation here presents many questions. How can growing energy demand be met whilst also ensuring a stable and secure supply? What impact will the energy transition have on rising inequality and more specifically the communities that rely on coal? Energy demand per capita in Asia has grown 18% in the last decade, and the figure is anticipated to double by 2050. Unfortunately, coal is likely to remain, in the near future at least, a key source of energy in many Asian countries. But Asia is also highly exposed to physical climate risk, so addressing the climate crisis is essential for the region. 99 of the 100 most risk-prone cities are in Asia. In addition, by mid-century, the loss in economic value related to extreme weather events is estimated at around 15 to 20% of GDP. Coal phase-out is a major step in the energy transition, but it's a thorny issue for some Asian countries. What are the main challenges for the region in phasing out coal over the next few decades. Asia has a higher reliance on coal than other regions. On average, coal makes up over half of the region's energy mix. In 2020, nearly 80% of demand for coal came from Asia, and it is predicted to stay well above this level until past 2050. Sylvia Chen, an Amundi ESG analyst, tells us more about this. Coal retirement will be a real challenge to energy transition in Asia. This is because the existing coal fleets are relatively young, that is 13 years on average, as compared to 30 to 40 years in developed countries. And not to mention that there are many more in the pipeline coming to life. So the decision should be focused on stop financing new ones, and for existing ones, retire them early or repurpose them with alternative clean energy solutions. For this reason, considerable effort has been devoted to devising innovative solutions to accelerate coal phase-out, while minimising the risk of stranded coal assets. The energy transition mechanism announced at COP26 aims to resolve this. It is a funding vehicle financed through a blend of equity, debt and concessional finance, which aims to retire nearly 50% of coal power plants in Indonesia, the Philippines and Vietnam over the next 15 years. One of the largest challenges will be China and India, two of the largest global users of coal power, which comprises more than half of their total energy mix. For both, coal is more than just a fuel of economic growth. It represents not just energy security, but also sovereignty, as they have some of the largest coal reserves in the world. But change is possible. Vietnam and Indonesia, two of the world's top 10 coal power generating countries, took a major step in 2021 as they pledged to phase out coal power by 2040. Nevertheless, 
emerging Asian countries can only reach their net zero targets through technology transfer, investment, and financial assistance from the international community. What is the role of renewable energy in Asia's energy transition, and how can stakeholders encourage its development? The falling cost and increasing availability of clean energy solutions offers tremendous opportunities for renewable energy expansion in Asia. Solar and wind power have led growth to date. Notably, renewables are gaining from a cost-competitiveness perspective. Analysis from the Carbon Tracker Think Tank shows new renewable projects to be 77% more economically sound than operating coal, a trend set to continue. To prioritise and steer investment towards renewable energy, numerous policy measures and incentives have been rolled out across Asia. Sylvia explains how these can be hugely effective. In a short time frame, Vietnam has become one of the largest solar power capacities regionally and globally. They installed a total of 16.5 gigawatt of solar power in 2020 alone. How do they achieve that? Well, they do have a distinct advantage because of its natural resources and low coastline. So solar and wind are viable options for Vietnam that offer great potential for clean energy. On top of that, the strong government support such as feeding tariffs, together with other incentives such as tax and certain exemptions, have also helped with the growth momentum. Many countries recognize the need for developing and enhancing grid infrastructure to avoid overload as they roll out ambitious renewable energy plans. There is also a move away from state-owned systems or monopolies to more open markets and those which allow private sector financing. Building favourable policy environments and directing capital to clean energy are essential to achieve climate goals. What are the main tools available to finance the energy transition in Asia? The International Energy Agency estimates that clean energy investment in emerging and developing economies needs to expand by more than seven times to reach net zero by 2050. Public finance will continue to be key, but private funding from regional, international and development finance agencies also plays a significant role. This could comprise equity and debt instruments or capital market tools like green bonds, as well as carbon tax and trading markets. There's plenty of scope for expansion in the green bond market in particular. Growth so far has been driven by net zero commitments, decarbonisation initiatives and funding for structural changes to the energy mix, which has established a pipeline of green projects and investments. The energy transition is not only a question of climate action and economics. We finish by considering the issue of social inclusion and inequalities. How can we ensure a fair transition to low-carbon Asian economies? The fight against climate change and against inequalities is intertwined. Whilst fighting against climate change is critical, a rapid energy transition needs to be properly planned to avoid negatively impacting jobs, particularly in higher emission areas. Careful planning is also vital to avoid negative impacts on vulnerable people and communities, especially when many livelihoods are directly or indirectly dependent on coal. This must involve the development of alternative industries and the creation of jobs in the clean energy value chain. Net job creation in the Asian green economy has been estimated at 14 million. 
but the pace and progress of reskilling is lagging. In short, the climate transition in Asia has distinct challenges. Climate change commitments, capabilities and funding have grown but are not yet sufficient. Continuing to build favourable policy environments and directing capital and funding into clean energy areas will be essential to collectively achieve our global climate goals. Well, thank you very much indeed for listening. We hope to have you with us again very soon for another edition of Blue Research. This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors as defined in Directive 2004-39-EC, dated 21st of April 2004, on markets in financial instruments called MIFID, investment services providers, and any other professional of the financial industry. Views are subject to change and should not be relied upon as investment advice on behalf of Amundi.